Well, praise God. Aren't you grateful you're here? I know I am. Um, it's a, just a wonderful day out there, ain't it? Why are we doing in here? <laughs> uh, tacos, that's right. There's always a reason for that. Um, um, I, I just received a note, and I'm sorry. Um, Pat Buecher just wanted everybody to know that she's doing much better and that she's continuing physical therapy. Um, that's one of the reasons why she's not here. So she sends her love to all, and um, we just want to lift her up uh, again as we pray during the week. Um, so today we're going to continue our theme on uh, wholeness, and um, maybe you will see the, um, the title, um, which I don't get. Um, I, I, I hopefully, some, somewhere along the line here, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get it together. But um, We know that life has a way to teach us how much anxiety we can handle, right? There's something about all our experiences that, that just really shapes us and, 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 and helps us to um, manage different things. But still, anxiety continues to be one of those things that is part of our lives. And it can get to us. Um, I had an opportunity to see a, a, a program, a documentary that was specifically geared uh, towards this concept of, uh, well, this situation of anxiety in people, and it established two things for uh, everybody that saw it. Number one is that anxiety is normal. Uh, you know the, the fight or flight reaction, right, that we have to danger. Well, that's part of uh, what happens to us, right? Our, our, our heart speeds up. Um, we start to send uh, blood to the right places when we are in a situation of danger. And what happens is that we get ready either to run or to confront our danger, right? Um, what happens is that there's triggers in our physical body that do not necessarily are aligned with external danger, but is more aligned with perceived danger. And um, that's why this physical reaction becomes part of our mental condition because these things are, are a reaction to some perceived danger out there that we cannot control. For the human being, uh, experiences that we have lived somewhat trigger these um, things. And th these are things that are embedded in our memory and they result in trauma which somehow in some way comes out without us having any control about that. And um, as we grow up from when we were children, these sort of memories start to build up. 
And some of them are suppressed. They're in the background. They are back there. And some of them are um, very fresh in our minds. But uh, all those experiences really uh, come to a place where it affects uh, us. And sometimes we don't even recognize why that is. And of course, there are sensitivities, right? I mean, some of us are more susceptible than others. Some of us uh, remember these things more than others. Some of us save these things in banks that are more accessible than others. There's all kinds of things that affect uh, us. Uh, some of us are left brain, and some of us are right brain. Some of us, like me, have no brain. Um, you know, there, there's, there's all these issues, right? Um, and, there, you know, we have different skills, we have different strengths, we have different disabilities even, um, that we don't necessarily think of, of them as disabilities, but we also say no one's perfect, right? <laughs> right? So, so, I mean, well, there's things that really... Uh, are part of us and we don't necessarily see them as such and this all just makes things complicated on top of that then we have our spiritual selves on top of that we have this inner being that is working to survive in us with this body of ours. So, no wonder it is so difficult to address mental health issues. Right? No wonder it is um, a challenge to deal with these issues in, in a person. And again, our minds, our spirits, and our physical self are all involved in what I call a very complex dance, right? It's sort of a, a way for us to exist in this world and we try to manage all these things without being equipped for it. Let's read uh, our text today and see how this connects to wellness and wholeness that we have been talking about. And this is on Psalm 37, and it goes from verse 1 to verse 9. Do not fret. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, right. Okay. Do not fret because of the wicked. Do not be envious of wrongdoers. For they will soon fade like grass and wither like the green herb. Trust in the Lord. And do good, so you will live in the land and enjoy security. You notice that, right? And enjoy security. Verse 4, it says, Take delight in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord, trust in Him, and He will act. He will make your vindication shine like the light, and the justice of your cause like the noonday. Be still. Before the Lord, 
and wait patiently for him. Do not fret over those who prosper in their way, over those who carry out evil devices. Refrain from anger and forsake wrath. Do not fret. It leads only to evil. For the wicked shall be cut off. For those who wait for the Lord shall inherit the land. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this word and, and, and thank you for us being here. And I pray, Lord, that you may speak to us through your scripture, through the meditation of our minds and through what we share today. In Jesus we pray. Amen. Amen. That um, age-old question comes to mind. Why do good things happen to bad people? Oh, no, wait a minute. It's not like that, right? Is, is, is. <laughs> Why do bad things happen to good people? But actually, both are valid, aren't they? Mm-hmm. This text sort of seems to rub this in our face. It, 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 it just brings it to the fore. But in ways that we don't necessarily expect. The psalm is basically an acrostic. And you know what an acrostic is, right? You take a word and each first letter uh, has something that uh, is tied along to uh, you know, uh, uh, announce uh, uh, or speak about a concept uh, 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 such. And, and it's... Is an acrostic in Hebrew. No way we can bring that over to the English. But as a psalm, it would be actually sung, which is one of those didactic tools, right? A memory, a memory does help us. A melody does help us to memorize uh, things. It has a, an effect like the one that doesn't leave my head since I learned it. Be kind one to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as Christ, God in Christ has forgiven me. Do 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 do. <laughs> Ephesians four thirty-two. Now repeat. Be kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ has forgiven you. Do 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 do. Ephesians 4.33. One more. Be kind one to another. Tender hearted, forgiving one another. Even as Christ and God in Christ has forgiven you. Do, 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 do. Ephesians 4.32. I learned that when my kids were little, and they came to the house one day just singing it. Imagine that, right? So that's exactly what happens with song, with melodies, with, with these instruments of teaching, right? You add, a, 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 add to that an acrostic rubric to a word, and it becomes easier for us to remember. So this is what this psalm is about. But many of you know already how I react to commands, right? Right? I mean, you, you, you by now know that whenever somebody says sit down, 
my response is, it's okay, but inside I'm standing up. Right? You know, when I hear something like, do not fret, you know, inside I say, but I want to. It's that reaction. I mean, this is just the way that our minds work, and this is just at least for me. This is how it happens, right? When you get an instruction like, like be kind, you know, and it's attached to a melody, you know, it might be easier for me to deal with that because I concentrate on the melody. Right. <laughs> so it's not a command as such. It, it is just a song, okay? And then it becomes part of what I'm thinking. I say, oh, be kind. That's, that, that sounds nice. And, and, and I can accommodate to that a lot better. But if somebody tells me, be kind, you know what my response is. Right? <laughs> so songs and poems and different ways of teaching that become a little bit more, uh, how do you say, it, it, it helps us ease into the idea that this is something that is good and makes me more amenable to actually listening, just because there's a melody to it. And, and of course, in this song that I just sang, there's, there's sort of a groove, right? And, and you know, you just get into it. <laughs> so what's your reaction when you hear, do not fret? And don't be envious. Hmm. I hope it's not the same as mine. Uh, when you add to that, because of the wicked and of wrongdoers. Ooh. I, mean, I, I, I don't know. Is it a positive reaction that you get when you think of that? I mean, it's just like last week. Perhaps you remember, right? Last week we were dealing with Luke 6. And that text, it just was out there, right? It's counter to our logic. Love your enemy. Why? <laughs> Why would we do that? It just doesn't click in the immediate. It just doesn't make any sense. It just, I, 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 this is the way I think of it. It just doesn't come in the package as, as we come into this world, right? When we come into this world, we don't think about loving our enemies. And just the same way is that we don't think necessarily of not fretting. Hmm. It's just counter to our logic. It doesn't make sense. So that's why I say I don't get it. I just don't get it. I don't get it in the face of it because it just doesn't click in my head and in my mind how in the world can I do that? How can I trust that I will be okay if I love my enemy? How can I delight in the Lord when there's wickedness and wrongdoing around me? How can I get to that place 
And most importantly, when those things affect me directly, when I am victimized or abused, I just don't get it. And this thing about trusting the Lord does not really fit in most of our packages. Trust is one of those things that does not make sense when you don't see what you're trusting in. Right? Have you ever been invited to cross a river through an invisible bridge? Would you? <laughs> Would you take that first step? I mean, it doesn't quite work. So we really have to build this trust, right? We, we have to work at understanding what's behind that command or that order or that invitation. We have to work at understanding the fact that it will be okay for us to relax, for us not to give in to all our impulses that are natural for every human being. Hmm. So this thing about trust is difficult to anybody, and especially those who have had experiences with wickedness. Right? With wrongdoing. Oppression. Especially with those who are loved ones. That are close to us. Friends, family, the government, even society and culture. I mean, some of us who have experienced all these things around us. And at some point in our lives, we've had to struggle with it. It's not easy for us to get to that point where I say, okay, I'm going to trust God with this. I've experienced it myself. You see, that is not foreign to me. And then the psalmist dares to give us these nonsensical instructions. <laughs> the kicker comes in verse 7 when we hear, Be still. Be still before the Lord <laughs> and wait patiently. <laughs> wait patiently. I say again, wait patiently for Him. <laughs> so, what do you think about that? How does that sit you? <laughs> uh huh. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how you react or how you accept that wait patiently when I am in a situation that is not good wait patiently 
when I am under someone's foot. For real? Hmm. Is that what wholeness looks like? Is that what wellness looks like? Is that what being all right looks like? <laughs> no. No. Come on. You see, we know better than that, don't we? Why would you stay in a situation that is not comfortable? We've been, in, in, in many ways, we've been conditioned. And I, I use that term because I believe it is really an important term that we need to consider. We've been conditioned to a different way of thinking. See, when we're thinking about peace, what comes to mind? Security. Mm. Security. Yeah. I, I, in my case, when I think about peace, I think of the sound of music. Right? Yeah. The hills, I mean, the beauty of the mountain, I mean, in the song. And, and I was like, oh, yeah, I just want to bask here and, and just sit back and enjoy the colors. I mean, that, that's right. It's just, you know, we're different. Uh, if it's a wave and a beach, too. I mean, I could do that. But, but, but that's how I think of peace. Shalom. I don't think of peace or shalom or uh, wellness or wholeness in the middle of a fight. In the middle of conflict, in the middle of difficulty. I don't think of peace in those terms. So that's why I say we've sort of been conditioned in so many ways because our, our, our ways of, of, of going to those places in our concepts is, is sort of automatic, right? Automatic, just like anxiety. It's our bodies reacting to this. We've been conditioned in so many ways because we have things at our reach. I mean, with a touch of a finger, now we are able to figure out the world, <laughs> right? We get in our phones the ability to come up with some understanding of something which in the past we had to run to the house and open the Encyclopedia Britannica to, to, to come up with, right? <laughs> or wait until we could go to the library and, 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 and do research. Now we just do this. Or actually, no, wait a minute. That's passe. We say, Alexa, please tell me. You understand how things work? I mean, we, we, we are actually conditioned to think that everything is automatic. And it should be at our hands because we are now postmodern folk. But we have access 
to technology, to all these good things. And with a voice command, we can have a video that explains something, and we can have things dropped off at our door if we need them. Things are not like they used to be, right? <laughs> I still remember Nelson Caro. He, Nelson was a, a neighbor who read the whole Encyclopedia Britannica three times when he was a kid. We called him the encyclopedia. <laughs> why wait? I mean, why be patient? Why do we have to sit back and wait for the Lord? I don't know, it's foreign to, to us who have been conditioned in these terms. Now, could it be? Could it be? That what we are being asked to do or to wake up to or to get out of is our conditioning. Could it be that the challenge has nothing to do with the technology or the things that we are, but we are being called to disconnect ourselves from that perceived reality? Could it be that we are being called into awareness of a different perspective on life. Do not fret over those who prosper, over those who carry out evil devices. Hello people, anybody in the news, NBC, CBS, Fox News, or whoever, MSNBC are out there, would you please, would you not fret? <laughs> over those who prosper over those who carry out evil devices wow <laughs> that's a challenge refrain from anger and forsake wrath now I want you I, I, I want to make this somewhat real okay all right, just, just, just try to bring it to, 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 to reality. I've been listening to these comedians on the radio. Guess what all the jokes are about now? Hmm? Social media. Facebook. I heard one lady, this was something else. I heard this one lady saying, I don't know what people, I think people don't know what Facebook is, she says. I think that they believe is a God that you can confess to every hour. <laughs> right? Because you're going to just, 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 just explode with all your junk in your head. Whatever you're thinking is just laid out out there. And, and, and that is sort of a confession in a way. And it's cleansing your soul. I thought it was really interesting that she mentioned that. Refrain from anger. The thing about it is that there's others in that church. Right? And they respond to it. With all of their junk. So it just becomes this church of the sick and angry. I think that that happens to other platforms of technology out there. Nextdoor.com. 
is one of them. It's amazing. It's amazing. When you read all this stuff, what is in people's hearts. But, I truly don't get it. How are you going to really refrain from anger? I mean, there are things in this life that makes me angry, right? And there are things in our experience of life that do, that do make us angry. And it goes against all my instinct, everything that is built in here. This goes against what my heart feels and what my heart says is right and just. Could it be that our sense of what feels right or what is just can't be trusted? Jeremiah 17.9 says, The heart is devious above all else. It is perverse. Who can understand it? <laughs> right? I mean, this, this is Jeremiah, who also has an experience of the soul, right? Of being incarcerated, dropped in a hole. I mean, he's been mistreated, and he still says the heart is devious, <laughs> perverse. Who can understand it? In other words, our emotions come out of ourselves and we don't necessarily connect to the logic of what comes out. No wonder. No wonder. No wonder I just don't get it. Now who knows Benny Hinn? Anybody? You know Benny Hinn? Have you heard of him? Alright. Benny Hinn. A very famous uh, preacher in evangelical and prosperity gospel uh, circles. He's got a nephew. His nephew is Costi Hinn. And Costi Hinn um, was raised in a family where that was the thing that he heard and that was the uh, gospel that he heard. And he writes that he used to think that God was a magic genie. That if you rub them in the right way, you know, he will give you the desires of your heart. But then he writes, but, and he outlines in his story, but he abandoned the prosperity gospel because he understood that life is rarely as simple as saying certain words in order to receive material gain. You see, even in the things that we pray for, we're manifesting what's deep in our hearts. Lord, I want this Cadillac I've been thinking of. Actually, Cadillac's passe. I want a Genesis now. Right? I mean, those, those things right, that are in our hearts, that are within and, I, and, and once again, you know, the psalmist is, 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 is I think, is, is working 
on us. He's working on us to call us out to recall the reality of our dependence. Not on dependence in the sense of getting goods and what we consider well-being. Right? Because I don't think that having that beautiful vehicle will necessarily make you well. But it is working on us in this thing of trust. Trust in the Lord. Trust in Him. This is repeated time after time in Scripture. Those who wait for the Lord shall. Right? Now, this is the promise that we are working on. Right? In, in, in our faith journey. Those who wait on the Lord shall inherit the land. That's the way of shalom. That's the way of wholeness. To stand in the shadow of the Almighty and trust that He's got our back. Now, the good thing is that Scripture doesn't just leave us there. He gives us, God gives us, a great cloud of witnesses. Right? Have you ever heard or read Hebrews 11? Right? I mean, it goes right to it. It mentions all of those who came before us. And it specifies the things that they went through, the things that they experienced, those things that they had to work through and struggle with. And what happened at the end? Hello? Right? So it's not like Scripture just throws these things at us and expects us just to do them because it should be natural for us. Just provides us an account, examples, witnesses. And it's not only those that are in Hebrews 11. But those who have been alive in our lifetimes. Those who have left a legacy of faith and trust. Some of those have been here. And we remember. And we remember them. And we say, maybe there is something here. Maybe I can trust this God. Let's pray.